when you have a side project that's like a body of work, like a blog or a YouTube channel, if you have one that is like a dip in the quality, that sort of calls into question the quality of all the rest of them and people don't know what your standard is anymore because you've put out this one that's not so great. So I think there's a delicate balance in trying to meet that deadline that you've set for yourself and promised to your audience, but also making something that's worthy of being put out. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Charlie. And I'm Femke, and we've got a super exciting topic today, basically a perfect topic to kick us off. Today we're going to be talking about why even have a side project. Lots of creatives often have side projects on the go, and Charlie and I both have multiple side projects, and we thought we'd just talk about you know, what they are, uh, why we do them, and what we sort of get out of it personally. So... Charlie, I know that you have many side projects that you do. Uh, Do you want to just sort of kick off a little bit what your side projects are? Yeah, well, I should start by saying that both Fem and I are web designers by day, well, marketing designers, so we do websites and a lot of other things, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) But on the side, I keep myself very busy with many side projects, My current biggest one is a YouTube channel that I run uh, alongside a blog that sort of goes with it, where I talk about design and style and DIYs, whatever comes to mind really. So I make two videos every single week and try to post three times on my blog every week, but that doesn't always happen, let's be honest. And my other biggest side project is a little t-shirt company that I started in university. So that's been going, oh gosh, must be like over five years now, surely. I've got into that age where you can't remember how old you are and how long (laughs) things are but yeah it's been going for a while and that's a lot of fun so I design and print t-shirts myself using a DIY screen printing method what about you Fem I know you recently started a new side project yeah so for me my current side project is the apartment which is my freelance uh, design business that I do on the side of my day job so At the moment, I overlap with my day job. So I work at Atomic during the day. Then in the evenings is when I work on the apartment. So I, you know, I take on freelance digital design projects and I also run a blog on the apartment. And with that, I run uh, the creative series, which is uh, creative interviews with people who are in creative industries. So they could be designers, architects, motion graphics designers. And each fortnight we post a new interview with a creative. So that keeps me pretty busy. There's a lot of other things that fall under the apartment, like we do a fortnightly newsletter, uh, case studies, etc. That's my main side project that I have at the moment that I'm trying to focus on. Along with that, obviously is this podcast as well which is a side project for you as well Charlie. Oh yeah how could I forget about that? So this podcast is a side project that Charlie and I both decided to do together because of course we're not busy enough are we Charlie? No always need something else to be doing. (laughs) Yeah exactly so we started this podcast because we're both podcast lovers and we listened to a lot of podcasts and found that Uh, There was a little bit of a gap for a design podcast from two females. 
We also decided to start it just because a lot of design podcasts are from people who are already very established in their careers. And I mean, I've been out of university for about four years now, but I still feel like I'm definitely in the early stages of what I'm doing. And I know you feel the same, Fem. So we felt like it would be cool to have a podcast, hearing from people who are learning as they go and sharing advice on what they've learned so far. Yeah, I think that's totally true. I, I think the benefits of of this podcast that we're doing is that, like you said, we're learning as we go. It's it's a journey for us and we're kind of documenting our, our journey as we're going along through the form of this podcast. So, you know, hopefully that'll be really interesting for other people to listen to as well. Yeah, we want this to be more of a conversational style podcast as well. So if anyone's listening and if you ever feel like you've got something to weigh in on the topics that we talk about, we definitely want to make this a two-way street. So we'd love to hear from you on our Twitter or through email, however you'd like to contact us. All of the details will be on our website, designlife.fm. Let's start by actually thinking about what a side project actually is, because in my mind, it's more than a hobby. Like, a hobby is something different. A side project is much more focused and has much more purpose to it, I suppose. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Fem? Yeah, I think that's a good generalization to make. For me, I think a side project, a side project is a side project if it fits with my passion. So, for example, I used to run a cooking blog last year, which I would cook recipes and put up beautiful pictures of them and have the recipe online and it was sort of like a blog and for me I didn't really see that as a side project I more saw that as a hobby of mine because my passion lies in design and and creativity and so for me that was a hobby something that I did you know separate from all all the design things I do so I, I do agree with that and that side projects have much more purpose and at least for me personally, I don't know if that's true for everybody, but for me, it's something that aligns with my passion and helps me move forward within my career, even though it may not be something that I'm doing specifically, say, in my day job. Yeah, that's really interesting because I would have defined your cooking blog as a side project because I know that you worked really hard on it and you you were producing regular content. It was awesome. I still use your recipes. <laughs> oh, thanks, Charlie. <laughs> Should we put the link in the show notes? Sure, let's do it. It's a bit it's a bit stagnant, but maybe I'll pick it up again soon. <laughs> so do you want to share with us a little bit, Charlie, about your first side project? Because I think you were still studying at the time. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I started it in university just because for some reason I decided that working part time and studying wasn't enough. So I wanted to do something else. No, actually, the real reason I started it was because I just found that there was there wasn't anything in my life where I could get out this passion that I had for creating designs inspired by music. There just wasn't anything that I could really apply that to, like it wasn't fitting in in my studies. So I needed to find some way to do that. So I started creating little designs based on lyrics, which I know now is kind of illegal. You probably shouldn't design based on lyrics and sell them, but that's what I did to start with because I didn't know any better. And it was fun. It, it let me work on building an audience, um, work on production. Like I had to work out how to print these t-shirts that I designed and I had to fill orders and post them to people all over the world. It was a lot of fun and I met a lot of new people through it as well. You did, you obviously had to set up your own online store, is that right? Or how did you go about distributing your t-shirts? Like what was, what did you learn from this? 
to start with, I didn't even have an online store. Like that's how much I did not have a clue what I was doing. All I did was post the design on Tumblr and then people would email me if they wanted that design printed on a t-shirt. Now I do have an online store, don't worry, I have learned since then. But yeah, that's how I started it. It, it was definitely a learning curve to, because I knew that as I sort of sold more and more t-shirts, I'm, I'm talking like this is a big thing, it's really small, like I don't sell that many t-shirts, but you know, as it got a bit more popular, I realised that I did need to have a much more professional place that I could be selling t-shirts from and also make it much more accessible for people to just randomly stumble across. Yeah. So I did a lot of research and picked out a store platform. I use one called Store Envy, which has, as well as a storefront for me selling my t-shirts, all of your products, if you want them to, can be put into something called their marketplace, which is kind of like, I guess, on Etsy, how if you search Etsy, you'll come across lots of different products. So I can get my t-shirts discovered that way, which is really cool. Did you learn anything from having that side project that you then could carry on or carry over into your studies or or later on when you got your first design job? Definitely. I think the main thing that I learned was discipline and commitment, I suppose. This was the first time that I'd really committed to something and been, you know, continuously keeping going with something that wasn't an assignment set to me by a tutor or, you know, a job that I had to show up at every week. It was something that I'd chosen to do for myself and that was really cool and it made it easy to show up in a way because it was something that I just wanted to be doing. But I also realised that there were people relying on me, like people had paid me money for these t-shirts so I had to fill these orders and get them out even if I was really tired and couldn't be bothered to go into town and meet the guy who was printing my t-shirts to work on getting them produced that week. Didn't matter, just had to do it. So that discipline and commitment was really good. And I think it also taught me a bit about marketing as well, like trying new things to try and get my T-shirts out there. It was good. It was, gave me a place to experiment and just learn by doing, I suppose, rather than just learning by looking at other people doing things. Yeah. So you probably, in, in doing that marketing, like did you experience some competition or like did you do some market research beforehand or were you just sort of like this is something I'm really passionate about and I'm just I'm just going to go out there and do it or was there more of a purpose when you started? No I honestly mostly designed them for myself to start with because I really wanted to wear band merch and that was really hard to find in New Zealand because bands don't really come and play here and also a lot of the merch you could buy online was really expensive and shipping was expensive or the designs just weren't very nice. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make my own and get it out there. And I knew that there was other people who would want that as well, as I I found when they came and ordered my T-shirt. So that was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. There wasn't like a certain person I was competing against or anything. Mostly just myself, I suppose. (laughs) What was your first side project, Fem? For me, I really saw freelancing as a side project while I was still studying. Yeah, totally. I guess a lot of students in my class weren't doing that. So for me to be freelancing while I was still studying, that was kind of my side project, I guess. Just sort of building up a bit of uh, reputation and relationships with clients and uh, other influential people in the industry where I lived. Definitely. I think that is actually something to add to our definition of a side project from earlier is that it's something that you do that's not the main thing that you do that was really good English but do you know what I mean like yeah totally so I think side project can be loosely defined and it's it's something different for everybody I would really like to do a super focused side project like 
research a topic and uh, you know get to the really nitty gritty of it and put out something you know really awesome with all the results of my findings uh, but at the moment I'm mostly concentrating on my creative series as my side project so interviewing other designers uh, learning a little, little bit about them and how they got to where they are and sort of giving back to the community their experiences hoping that that will help somebody else and give them a bit of motivation and encouragement. Definitely what what do you think has been the favorite thing that you've learned so far from doing that side project? I really like learning about what other designers are doing just trying to get by and I don't mean trying to get by as in they're struggling but you know they're not necessarily the hotshot creators that are getting all of the press coverage or uh, they're not well known or famous in the design industry they're people just like you know you and me who are just trying to do good work and just trying to get recognized for it as well I, I don't feel like you have to be well known to be really great at something so these are just people who are you know, they might just be starting out or they're really motivated and, and creative and doing really awesome things and helping them get discovered and learning more about them as I go. That's really cool. I think that's really admirable to do a side project like that. And it's cool that you sort of took something that you were already interested in because I know you follow a lot of designers on Twitter and that sort of thing. And now you're taking that a step further and you're like purposefully getting to know them through the side project. Yeah, well, it's really great. I wasn't expecting people to contact me uh, asking to be interviewed. It's it's awesome. Like every week I get a couple of emails from people volunteering to, to be interviewed for the blog. So that's really, really nice as well. It, it kind of verifies that, you know, there, there is a demand out there and people do want to contribute to that as well. So, so that's also really nice. Definitely. It means that they also like really respect your style of writing and what you're doing with it as well because you know they wouldn't want themselves to be represented by anything less so that's really cool yeah that's true with every side project I mean the way that we've kind of defined it for this purpose is that it's something that you do outside of your everyday day job so with that you know often comes a little bit of time management and organizational skills so yes how do you deal with that I mean you must be quite a busy person so how do you prioritize what you should be working on well I swear by this to-do list app which is called to do and it's spelled t-e-u-x-d-e-u-x and I've used that for years and I just absolutely love it. It's basically just lets me lay out my week and put in what projects I'm going to do each day and I make sure I get them ticked off each day or if they don't get ticked off, I make sure I move them to another day to make sure I fit them in. It's all about thinking about when something has to be done by, trying to estimate how long it's going to take and it's just scheduling time in for that. And it means that I can look at my to-do list and think, okay, no, Thursday night, I probably shouldn't, you know, go out for a long dinner tonight because I've got to get this stuff done before Saturday and it can just let you know what to do. It's it's hard having side projects. Like, you have to hustle, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to be serious about them, then you have to say no to other things in order to get your side projects done. And sometimes that can feel a little bit selfish, like, you know, because a side project is like a personal project for me. So, yeah, you know, I'm saying no to things to work on stuff for myself, but I think it's because I can see them going somewhere in the future and I want to give them my best shot and give them the best chance to succeed. The hardest part about side projects is perseverance. 
It's so easy to have an idea for something and start on something, but actually persevering and sticking with it, even when you're not seeing results straight away, is you know, is really difficult. And that's definitely where the hustle part comes in. For sure. Yeah, I think it's it's easy to get caught up in trying to see results straight away or or trying to make something really cool and getting a really awesome response from people. But the big results, I think, come through when you've persevered for a while and, and made something really awesome because of that. Definitely. And that and that's true with, you know, if you've been doing liner note kids for almost five years now and, I mean, you had a quite a successful collection last year. Is that right? I don't know if it was successful, to be honest. I think my main success with liner note kids came back in the early days when I was, like, really active on Tumblr and, like, really active with my audience so I'm going to try and pick that up again I have big plans to try and do that but yeah I was really pleased with how everyone liked the designs just they could have sold better so I'm going to try harder because I think they're still good so I'm going to back myself and try to get them out there Mm -hmm. that's awesome I think that what you said about perseverance is so true I cannot count the number of side projects I have started in my life like honestly I'm a serial side projector and I've started so many and it's only actually been in the past couple of years that I've really stuck with things more. Do you think it's true to say that for every living side project, there's like five projects that never, never quite made it? Yeah, I was going to say dead ones, but yeah, that that's a nicer way to put it. Definitely. <laughs> dead ones. Yeah, that's true. Although, you know, you can learn from those too. You obviously, you know, you try something and and if you don't like it or if it's not working well, then you just move on to the next thing. And I, I think people also struggle with knowing when it is perhaps time to to flick the switch off. Definitely. Uh, like, you know, not not everything is going to work, but it's, but it's also still great to give it a go. What's your um, favourite dead side project, Femme? What's something that you started and really enjoyed it, but, but you let it let it go, that you learned from it? What's, what's your favourite one? My favorite one is I started a hand lettering Tumblr, which was intended to be a collection of all of my hand lettering sketches. And of course, you know, oh, I'll upload one a day or, you know, multiple a day and different variations and it will be super active. And I I linked to it on my portfolio. I don't think I've uploaded one on there in a year or so. <laughs> so that's probably my favorite dead one. I mean, I wish that I I had persevered through that. But but at the same time, I have learned from that by seeing that perhaps a daily hand lettering blog isn't for me. And that's a lot of work. Yeah, maybe hand lettering as a profession just isn't my thing. So, you know, it kind of helped me explore that as well and realize that it might be time to focus on something else. Totally. I think my before I even had a YouTube channel, I really liked making videos because I studied motion graphics at university and I made a couple of videos, like literally I'm talking a couple, there's like two or three that were like, one was a lyric video and one was like a video about my music statistics and it was all like intense motion typography and they took hours and hours and hours, worked on them for weeks and weeks on end and I just decided that this is taking up so much time and I'm like not getting much return from it because because I'm not great with motion graphics. It's taking me too long to do anything and I'm just sort of sticking with the stuff I know how to do rather than challenging myself to learn new things. So maybe I should stop doing that and 
find some way, other way to get that desire to make videos out and that's why I started my YouTube channel so my dead side project was not a failure in the end because I had a YouTube channel come out of it <laughs> yeah I think that there's always something good that comes out of it you know it's it's not always a complete waste of time what you said earlier is interesting I think sometimes you need to be careful not to sacrifice quality for quantity so if you you know if you are continually outputting say a blog post a week uh, and say you're super busy that week maybe it's better to let your subscribers know that you've been super busy and you promise you know that you'll give a super valuable post next week instead of putting out something that you know doesn't quite hold the same amount of quality or value that it could have had yeah I think so because it definitely makes sense when you have a a side project that's like a body of work like a blog or a youtube channel or even a, a fortnightly newsletter like you do if you have one that is like a dip in the quality that sort of calls into question the quality of all the rest of them and yeah. people don't know what your standard is anymore because you've put out this one that's not so great so i think there's a delicate balance in trying to meet that deadline that you've set for yourself and promised to your audience, but also making something that's worthy of being put out. Yeah, and I think your YouTube channel is a perfect reflection of that because, you know, everyone, you should go and check out Charlie's YouTube channel. It's Charlie Marie TV, is that right? Yes, that's right. Thank you, fam. <laughs> because if if you look back in the archives of, of your channel, like every video is just top quality and you can see that consistency throughout them as you go back in time so you can tell that you you have this sort of uh, baseline of level of quality that well I assume you do uh, that, that a video has to be in order for it to make it onto your channel definitely and I, I think that's that's something to aspire to because it, it maintains the overall perception of the level of quality of your channel as well which is really important yeah, and that's not to say that when I first started out my YouTube channel, everything was perfect and amazing because I started filming, like for the first year and a bit on my YouTube channel was on a terrible camera that was not designed for video. And, you know, they're dark and they're sometimes a bit fuzzy, but I was making the best with the situation that I was in. And because the content was still good, people didn't mind, thank God. Well, that's also interesting about what you say about uh, content and especially when it comes to video, you know, there's an interesting debate, like if the content is good, but the quality is really crappy, you know, is that justified? Or what if the quality is super good, but the content's not not so good? You know, you kind of have to find the sweet spot or, or this balance between the two. Definitely. And I think that producing something every week lets you experiment with that balance. I've got, I know YouTubers who, you know, they sort of get caught up in their own head and won't put stuff out because it's not up to their quality which is really good because it means that they've obviously set a really high standard but I what I want to do is be challenging myself constantly to be producing regularly so that's why no matter what I make sure I have a video going out every week obviously I'd never put out one that was bad quality but if that's the case then I will stay up all night working on it to get it out in time you know rather than flagging it for that week yeah well, that's that's called dedication, and I think if you are going to have a side project, you're going to need just a little bit of dedication. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that dedication is that hard to find when it's something that you're really passionate about, and maybe if you're not that passionate about it, then you haven't found the right side project for you yet. That's true. Like, I think if a side project starts becoming a chore for you, mm. then maybe it's time to think about moving on to something else. Yeah, I think so too, because... 
a great thing about side projects is that they they're not just selfish things that you do for yourself they can really be useful like useful for other people when you're putting your work out there and also useful just in your career like I know because I design websites all day that that's my day job I don't want to be doing that in the evening as well but I have all these other creative things that I want to do so having this side project of the YouTube channel and the t-shirt company lets me do them and that makes me enjoy my job more because Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling creatively frustrated or anything you know and so then I put out better work for my company which is obviously good for them too. So what made you decide to take on doing a YouTube channel because I know that your channel sort of swings between design style and fashion and a bit of beauty so it's it's sort of an all-rounder. Yeah it is. I I decided to take it on because I really wanted to be producing videos, like I said, because I really liked doing motion graphics at university. And I just really liked the idea of the community behind YouTube. Like it looked like from the outside when I was just a viewer, it looked like it was really fun to be a part of. And now that I'm making videos myself, I have discovered that it is really fun to be a part of and I've made loads of great friends through it. So that's really awesome. And do you feel like your audience is a range of of people because you touch on lots of different topics or is it quite targeted it's mostly people who have an interest in design because otherwise they wouldn't bother to stick around through the design videos you know because there's a million other channels out there that talk about fashion and DIYs so those parts aren't so special but I think the fact that I'm a designer makes it a little bit unique not everyone's a designer that watches me but everyone who comments anyway seems to have some sort of vague interest in design and creativity even if they're not doing that themselves which is cool And do you find that you learn a lot through talking with them as well? Definitely. And that's where pretty much all of my video ideas come from these days is the comments on videos. People ask a question and I'm like, well, maybe I should make a video to answer that. So that's really awesome. It's cool to reach out and connect to people. And you somewhat recently, actually it might be a while now, uh, started doing vlogs as an addition to your channel. And so is that kind of like a side project within a side project or was that just sort of a natural extension of your channel? I never thought about it that way, but I suppose it is. Actually, yeah, now that you say that, I started doing vlogs because I wanted to, like when you, I make a lot of videos talking about design. So the editing of those is generally pretty standard, you know, it's cutting what I want to say and putting that in a video so there's not room for a whole bunch of creativity there to get the message across but editing vlogs means that I can play around a bit have a bit of fun put some music with it and try and show people stories from my daily life if they're interested in that so I find that really fun and I guess that is a side project to my side project (laughs) what about you you started the apartment recently What made you want to make it like a proper studio this time rather than just freelancing like you used to be doing? I decided to start doing that because I wanted to explore other avenues of design outside of my day job. As I said, at my day job, I do quite a bit of marketing and communications as part of my role. I quite enjoy working with other people and forming relationships and freelancing sort of lets me do that. Uh, I get to meet new clients and help them with their business and so it kind of gives me a nice balance between the day where I'm working on the Atomic brand and what we do at Atomic and then in the evening and the weekends where my brain sort of gets a a break I guess from from thinking about Atomic and uh, lets me pursue other avenues of design. 
Yeah, totally. Do you feel like working on that side project is helping you in your career as well? Yeah, I do. I get to meet a lot of awesome people. And especially since moving to Amsterdam, having that side project gives me a good excuse to meet new people as well. I try and attend a lot of creative events and meetups and, and I go to creative mornings each month. And I, I sort of go from those as more of a freelancer as opposed to someone working at Atomic, which then, you know, helps me f- helps me make relationships more specifically for my freelance business, which is really good too. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that side projects can exist alongside a full-time job. Like if you have the dedication and want to put in the time, it's totally doable. So what advice do you have for someone that is thinking about starting a side project but is maybe a little bit uh, overwhelmed with the potential work involved? My best advice would be to just pick something and start it because it honestly doesn't matter if you do it once and never want to do it again. At least you'll know that that's not the thing that you want to be doing. And if you're not sure, like if you don't have a whole list of ideas of where to start, maybe think about if you didn't have to go to work tomorrow, what would you do? Like how would you spend your time? Yeah. And maybe that's what's missing in your life and maybe that's what you might want to find from a side project. Yeah, I think it's also worth noting that a side project doesn't have to be public either. Yes, totally. Or especially if you're just starting and don't want to overcommit, you know, you don't have to share the link. If it's a link, for example, you know, you don't have to share that with everyone. You could just start privately and see how you go and and then eventually open it up publicly if you want to. That, yeah, that's something we should definitely stress is that a side project doesn't have to be a blog or a YouTube channel or like even something as big as starting a studio. It can be just that you're going to commit every week just for yourself to draw some lettering once a week. And that's what you're going to do to try and get better. And you don't have to post them anywhere unless you feel like you want to because you're really proud of it. You know, that that can be a thing and that you'll still learn from that. Totally. Personally, I think... It's good for every creative to have a side project for multiple reasons. It lets you explore something outside of what you do during the day. There's potential to meet other people who are also doing something similar to the side project that you're doing. So for example, you with your YouTube channel, you've met a lot of a lot of other YouTubers and that sort of opened you up to a whole new community. Yeah. So, I mean, what about you? Why do you think it's worth having a side project? I think that as humans and as creatives, we should always want to be learning. There's always something else you can learn. Just because you're finished university now doesn't mean that you're done learning, you know. It just means that you're going to learn in a different way from now on. And I think learning by doing is an awesome way to learn. A side project could even be that you just want to take a new course on Treehouse every week, for example, and you want to commit to learning yeah, I think it's it's important to note that even after after studying, it becomes your own responsibility. You know, you're responsible for for learning more and there's so many good resources out there as well if you want to learn a specific skill, but you know, of course, learning by doing is the best thing to do as well, which which a side project is very helpful for. I also just think it's cool to have something you can call your own, you know, and something you can be proud of that you've done for yourself. Or with someone else if you want to do a joint side project like we are doing with this podcast. It's just cool to have your own little something that you can be proud of and call your own and show people if you want to. It's like creating your own little empire. Yeah, true. And I think for me personally, 
I enjoy being busy and this is what I love to do. This is my passion, you know, talking with other people and and being creative. So I would much rather be sitting here recording a podcast with you than being in bed (laughs) or or, or sleeping in. You know, for those who don't know, Charlie and I record this podcast early morning. So (laughs) we're both uh, early risers (laughs) to get stuff done. Yeah. And we've generally been up for a few hours before we even record this podcast too. So (laughs) that's true. That's true. So, you know, we, we both make that commitment that we'd We'd rather be here than, than sleeping in. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good note to end on. We'd rather be doing our side projects than sleeping in. <laughs> that's a good one. That can be the, the title. <laughs> <laughs> so, Femme, where can people go to find us on the internets? People can go to designlife.fm, which you will find the podcast there, and you can stream the episodes as well as find out a little bit about us. And we'll also have show notes for each episode, which will include links to various things that we've talked about throughout the episode and where can people find us on twitter charlie if they want to ask us a question we both love twitter so please feel free to reach out and tweet us we are at design life fm on twitter and from there you'll find links to our personal twitter handles as well if you feel like following us we will always make sure we respond to you so leave us your thoughts what do you think about side projects do you have a side project do you think they're useful are you thinking of starting one feel free to bounce ideas off us we'd love to talk and on that note we'll see you guys next time bye bye